Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with another episode of the Ecom Show. And uh, I'm glad to have Charlie Lawrence today from the UK. Uh, he's a Facebook ad expert and he works with uh, different e-commerce companies from a very small up to a very big enterprise uh, level. And today um, he's here to share his secrets with us. Hey, Charlie, how are you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you, Daniel. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, so let's jump into this. Uh, please tell us more about your journey. How, how did you get started with, with your current, uh, you know, Facebook ads and yes. e-commerce? Yeah, okay. So I'll take you back to probably, well, business for me. I'd always been trying to sell stuff on, um, you know, garage sales when I was a teenager, but really marketing and my interest in marketing started from a similar age, I would say, because my father has, he's been in marketing, he's retired now, but he was 40 years in corporate marketing. So growing mm. up, I was all around, that was his entire life, basically. So I feel like I caught something early on there. And then fast forwarding through school, I went to university, I studied business management at Cardiff, of which I did a lot of marketing. And during my time at university, I worked at an agency and that was kind of like my first step into working with clients. And this was a digital marketing agency and a web development agency as well. And then during university, I decided to co-found a app development company. This was back in 2012 now. So this was roughly the idea for that came from when Instagram sold to Facebook and we okay. saw that. It was like they sold for a billion, I think they sold for a billion dollars. Yeah. And we were like, okay, apps, how hard can apps be? Uh, this was early days in the app store. So I launched that with a co-founder of mine. We built our own apps, uh, which was really like well, our own games. So it was really good fun to come up with that. But then in order to make more money, we went into building apps for clients. So into kind of service providing. And that's really where I then got into more Google advertising, a bit of Facebook advertising as well in order to grow that business. Ultimately, that business came to an end because my co-founder moved on to a family business. And then I had this really big decision. Uh, I graduated university by the time uh, that decision came along. And I think I was 22 at the time. And it was either there was a job waiting for me at this agency that I'd worked with previously. I'd become a good friends with the MD or I could kind of venture out on my own and kind of start my own agency with the experience I had working for a previous one and building the app development company. And so obviously, uh, cause we're here now, I decided to do the latter and head out on my own and start Gecko squared. Um, and this was in 2014. So yeah, I was 22 at the time, really young, didn't really know what I was doing. If I'm honest at the start, I feel like a lot of businesses start like that. Um, all I knew is that I loved marketing. I had client experience as well. And we were getting to grips with Google AdWords and Facebook advertising. And at the time I really started originally to do Google advertising and kind of organic social media marketing, uh, you know, kind of the monitoring and posting for clients and things like that. However, one of the problems I noticed with organic social media marketing was it's really hard to quantify the value you provide to yeah. clients. Yeah. And so we, and I thought this is getting way too hard to explain to clients to pay us retainers because remember this was, this was early. This is 2014. This was six years ago now, you know, this, it was, it, you had to persuade people to be on Facebook yeah. um, and to advertise on Facebook. It wasn't where it is now where it's just a given that you should be on Facebook and Instagram. So yeah. I transitioned to providing Facebook advertising services and Google advertising service because there's a quantifiable return on ad spend. 
And it's really easy for clients. It's really easy to sell because you say, if you spend 5K, you get 20 back. And clients go, okay, I'm making money. I'm just going to keep on paying that because you're doing good work that's delivering results. And so fast forward uh, from 2014 to where we are now, and it's gone from me working on my own as, as every business really starts because we haven't taken on investment. It's all self-funded to building out a team of eight people. I literally just offered someone today a account manager position because we've just been hiring for a new one. And we're working with bigger, better clients, just really transforming businesses through Facebook and Instagram advertising. Because I think when a business owner realizes the power that you can basically turn it on if you know the funnel system, yeah. And you can just generate client, uh, customer after customer after customer, and you can then scale it up because there's so much capacity and so much user base on Facebook. <clears throat> so that's where we are today, working with predominantly e-commerce brands, which is obviously why I'd love to be on the e-com uh, e show. So yeah, we're just growing them, going from strength to strength, to strength building the team out and uh, mm -hmm. making our clients uh, you know, more money in the process. And happier, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, amazing story. Um, yeah, so, and a lot of question, questions comes. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I was always amazed by the growth potential with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and by these channels. And uh, what do you think, which companies... Um, have the biggest potential with these channels and which uh, which don't and why? That's a really good question. So I would say that e-commerce, it's an absolute no-brainer for because it's it, the transaction mm. is is actually tangible. You know, it's you're going to yeah. position this product and people are going to either buy it or they're not. And then the end result is they get your physical product. So e-commerce, mm -hmm. we love working with e-commerce clients because not only is it you know easier to sell you're not selling information that doesn't that has more of an arbitrary value what you're doing is you're obviously selling a physical product but the other side of it is that value gets reported back into facebook so it's so easy to measure return on ad spend and mm -hmm. how much a client makes you know we're coming to an end of a reporting call uh, cycle with a client and we know they spent $6000 and in the last 30 days they generated $32000 back because they sold 355 yeah. units of their product. And we've got the hard data there, basically. So e-commerce is a no-brainer. Alongside that is anyone that's selling kind of digital products as well. So courses, programs, that works really well. However, you, the market that they're in, it's, you've got to choose it carefully because obviously the one that everyone's heard of, or at least everyone in digital marketing is someone selling you a course on how to build a digital marketing agency. And the only way they make money is through selling a course on how to do it as opposed to actually doing it. So yeah. it's really saturated in marketing, but for, you know, we've got a client who's in the acting space, no hmm. other acting coaches or trainers are really doing Facebook ads. Yeah. So she's absolutely killing it and you know generating tens of thousands you know six figures a month almost now um from her facebook advertising and, and just from her business in general because we're able to reach specific people on the platform Hard, harder ones but not impossible are definitely um service-based businesses because obviously typically you'd go for google because there's search intent whereas facebook's more advertising for mm -hmm. interruption However, when you have the right funnel in place, so the correct kind of content distribution to begin with, to warm up audiences and then bringing them into your ecosystem of whether that's lead magnets going into free, uh, free consultations, for example, that works really well. So it's a, tr it's a trickier one with service-based businesses because the lead time is longer and that often the end conversion is off Facebook. So it's hard to attribute. Um, yeah a lead which comes to a conversion because there's this offline component where, which is an attribution black spot basically and yeah. that's the only reason why it's slightly harder because of the kind of haziness in attribution compared yep. to e-commerce that's so clear-cut 
Yeah, yeah, I actually I experienced this uh, earlier this year because we tried Facebook ads for our agency mm-hmm. and I also have friends who did that with similar business models and we didn't get much results. And uh, yeah, we can see that, as you said, there is an offline component of the conversion and um, a lot of reputation comes in, which is hard to measure. Uh, yeah, personal branding and all of these things um yeah 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 um so e-commerce is a no-brainer you would say that it's easier compared to service businesses okay that's interesting um and what can you see what uh what are the different trends at different levels of e-commerce businesses let's say a very early stage five-figure company six-figure seven-figure eight-figure i know you even uh audited or consulted with enterprise companies so what are the differences between them and what they should focus on yes because you're right there are definitely differences to someone just starting out in e-commerce and having to validate their product is good that they can generate sales that their brand is good and that requires a certain type of funnel for facebook and instagram advertising versus a client that's already doing let's say two, three million a year in sales, and they want to go from two, three million to five to 10 in the next, you know, two to five years, depending on how much ad spend they're going to put in and how aggressive they are with their growth. So essentially how we work it out is through a, we normally do it through a quiz. Um, So it's, we basically ask clients two questions and that will determine what, implementation type because we have four implementation types we do for agency clients that Mm -hmm. essentially gives you the best start for implementing a facebook ad funnel that's going to generate consistency in your results and it's going to turn strangers into paying customers so we call it the all framework which is the funnel itself but the two questions anyone with a business needs to ask themselves to determine what ad funnel or strategy they should be running on facebook and instagram The first one is, do you have any website traffic? Because if you do, you can then implement website remarketing campaigns that deliver the fastest and the best results alongside other cold campaigns, like going to cold audiences, like lookalike audiences or interests and generating immediate sales that way. And then if you answered no, you move on to the next question, which is, do you have any other engaged audiences? So this kind of jumps a level up in terms of, audience temperatures because you've got the you've got the kind of the five temperatures of audience you've got cold we've actually got four sorry you've got cold warm hot and super hot so colder people that don't know you yet that's interest mm-hmm. audiences and lookalikes on facebook yeah your warm audiences are page engagement audiences um, and then your hot audiences are your website traffic so that goes back to doing uh, the uh, the question of do you have any website traffic and then the super hot are existing customers And so the second question is, do you have any other engaged audiences, which is warm audiences of people who have previously engaged with your posts or your ads on Facebook and Instagram? And if you do, you can then implement um, two different types of strategy. So by answering those questions, you get one of four implementation types. So you get all in one. So that's when you answered yes to website traffic and yes to engaged audiences, and you can implement all four strategy uh, campaign types at once that's cold audiences there's warm audiences that's hot audiences and then that's super hot going to your existing customers you then have if you answered yes to website traffic but no to engaged audiences you then implement what's known as an easy wins website implementation so that's where you can still do cold audiences because they don't require any existing um, audience development You can't do your level one engagement audiences, which are the warm audiences, because you don't have them yet, but you do have the website traffic. So you can implement level two website remarketing campaigns, Mm -hmm. and then you can implement existing customer attention campaigns as well. So that's two of them. And then if you, I'm just going to explain, I'll be fairly brief on these, because if you go to geckosquared.co.uk, which is the agency website, you can just answer the two questions and it will spit out the right Mm -hmm. strategy for you. But Just quickly on if you answered no to existing website traffic, but yes to engaged audiences, you can implement the engaged audience stage, which is to warm audiences. And that's known as easy wins engagement. 
and you can do your cold as well. And then finally, if you answered no and no, so that means pretty much new, new businesses, they don't have yeah. any really existing website traffic. They don't yeah. have existing audiences because they haven't run any Facebook ads before. You can then do what's known as a from scratch implementation, which is where you start with cold audience uh, positioning. So that's trying to sell straight to cold audiences to trigger hyper responsive people. And then as you build up your website traffic and as you build up your engaged audiences, you can then implement those other stages. And obviously when you build up a customer base, you can remarket those people to generate second and third purchases through those existing mm -hmm. customer retention campaigns. So to answer your question, more established businesses can implement more campaign types straight away to get faster results than a brand new business because they don't have the marketing assets just yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the budget probably, right? The more budget they have, more traffic they have, the more you can test. Um, definitely, definitely. Because yeah. the main thing we always say to clients or anyone around Facebook advertising is your budget dictates your audience reach. So if you want to get results in a faster period of time, you typically spend more to reach audiences faster and you're going to generate purchases quicker. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned that uh, it's all measurable and that's the beauty of BPC. Yeah. Facebook ads. And um, yeah, I, I think uh, until a certain level and what happens when they start spending on brand awareness, impressions and these kind of things, or it's not necessary for big brands. What do you think about those? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one at where the point of sale is. Because if you're a big brand like Coca-Cola, no one's buying Coca-Cola from their website. It's yeah. just top of mind brand recognition when you're in a restaurant, or you're in a shop and you're thirsty and Coca-Cola is the first drink you think of. Yeah. But for a lot of the businesses we work with are not huge brands that have a point of sale that's offline, basically. They are predominantly direct to consumer going through their own website, or they really want to focus on their own website because they may have started on eBay or Amazon or Etsy and you don't have control there. Whereas on your own site, you've got complete control. You own the data. Um, you know, there's no commissions you have to pay to Amazon or anything like that. So they focus on selling products through their website. And from that perspective is, we focus on generating a tangible return on ad spend through revenue and new customers and new purchases. But as you do that, you're simultaneously building up brand awareness because you're reaching new people from your cold audiences in their newsfeed on Facebook, on Instagram, on Messenger, on WhatsApp. So although you don't, we typically don't set specific brand awareness objectives unless the client really asks for it and they want mm -hmm. real positive sentiment from their, they, you know, they want loads of video views and engagement just for brand um, equity. However, we're all about driving actual results like money in the bank, because yeah. that is the ultimate goal of advertising is to drive new sales, get new customers and generate more money for clients. Because that's what marketing fundamentally is. You're selling yeah. a product or service. You're putting the right message in front of the right people at the right time. And we do this through this funnel system that we use. Yeah. 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 And we also work with many clients, but we never had a client who didn't, maybe we had one client actually last year and um, they were the only exception. It's, it was a small branch of a big uh, pharmacy conglomerate in the U S mm -hmm. and they, um, uh, paid us like two or three K per month and the emails didn't generate much. Um, and they didn't care. It was a big yeah. company, huge company. They didn't care about that expense. Mm -hmm. And after six months, they, and, and it was very hard to reach out to them. I remember after six yeah. months, they just sent us an email that they couldn't see the ROI. So we should stop working together mm -hmm. and. That was it. Yeah. But beside these guys, every client, they always ask what was the campaign revenue, automations mm -hmm. revenue. They always ask these kind of things. And brand uh, awareness and building a brand, it's important. But um, yeah. at seven, eight figure level, still, um, they want to see the numbers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, 
So, you know, I uh, or my, my team, we work with many different companies in different niches. And um, when I go to the website of our clients, I always get their ads the next day and I can see them on Facebook and Instagram. And sometimes yeah. I'm not too happy about those ads. I can see the creative and it's very poor, I would say. And I always try to help them. Um, so... Yeah, what do you think? What creatives uh, work uh, in 2020 for e-commerce uh, companies? That's a really good question. I'm I'm really glad you asked that because creative is now, I would say, probably the second most important part of a Facebook ad because it's what grabs people's attention in the newsfeed straight away. It's what stops the scroll. It's a pattern interrupt. And so from a creative perspective, what's working this year, what we found Mm -hmm. over kind of across our clients, there's no kind of one type of creative that's working better than the other. So Mm -hmm. images still work really well. So do videos. Those are the two main types. Then if you kind of niche down more to each of those, shorter videos are a hundred percent the way forward on Facebook and Instagram. I'm talking 15 seconds, real bite size, impactful, fast moving, grabbing people's attention in the newsfeed. Yeah. Typically what we find works really well is it, it kind of depends on where you are on the funnel, because obviously someone who's brand new, you're going to have to do a bit more explaining about the product. So product demos work really well, um, kind of in the middle of funnel going to cold Longer videos. Uh, you right. can still longer than 15 seconds, probably up to a minute mm-hmm. um, or real condensed versions in 30 seconds would be is ideal. But yeah. then moving them on when they then hit the website for the product and then they don't buy because most people don't on that first time they visit, they then hit the remarketing campaigns. And at that stage for video, it's more kind of product benefits, lifestyle videos around the products and also customer testimonials as well. Yeah. They work really, really well. So the overall guide for video is keep it short and then bottom of funnel, use testimonials and use kind of uh, lifestyle product imagery or videos. Um, And when I say product imagery, I mean, you know, on Facebook, you can now, even if you don't have a videographer or great video assets, which is actually why as one of the services we provide to agency clients is we build out these videos and images for clients because it's such an important part that we want to have some control over is um, you can just take stills and stitch them into a slideshow video through the video creator uh, in your ads manager and they can work just as well, if not better than just single images. So that's the video side of things. Then if we mm-hmm. look into single images, so looking at image creative, we typically find that product lifestyle product imagery, imagery works better. You know, you want to get rid of the boring, bland product images on a white background. That is not going to cut it anymore. Um, change the yeah. color of the background. You know, we've seen this through testing with clients when the whole reason we in-house being able to create custom creative for our clients is because we work with clients where their creatives weren't good enough. And because it's so important to getting results, it affects our ability to deliver results. And so we thought, let's in-house it, be able to provide that as a service, and then we can control that. And so no longer do they have boring ad images and they've got on brand what we classify as branded creative um so having the logo in the corner for brand recognition having really eye-catching imagery and again that works at both stages cold audiences and also website remarketing Um, and one thing we've noticed on imagery if you're using an offer and i would advise every single e-commerce business out there when you're positioning facebook ads for new customer acquisition use some type of incentive offer. And I, I just wrote an article for Social Media Examiner about the different types of offers you can use in your Facebook ads. And it's everything from, you know, conditional offers around, you know, spend $50 and get 10% off or unconditional offers, which is just 10% off all products in like a site-wide sale. You've then got yeah. things like flash sales, free shipping offers. You want to position something that's going to incentivize someone to buy from you for the first time. 
But we've also found taking that offer and actually adding that text into your ad creative overlaid your product imagery is working really, really well. So that's literally in the last kind of three months, we started doing that a lot more as we saw it in one client and then pulled it across all of our other clients. And mm-hmm. so you want to mix the creative, basically. You want to use video yeah. and imagery and you want to you want to make them interesting because too many people, particularly for e-commerce, I feel like a lot of people don't put effort into their product imagery Yet yeah, it's the biggest thing for ad creative. And we know for conversion rates on the back end on your website, good product imagery is the difference between like a 1% conversion rate and a 4% conversion rate um, because it's that that sells the product. So you want to yeah. position it in the most favorable light to your potential customers. So focus on getting really good product imagery. Do you use uh, customer made videos? Because yeah. Uh, I was at the traffic and conversion last year and uh, there was a guy who made 1 million uh, selling socks to uh, young moms and all of the ad creatives were uh, videos by moms who were customers and super bad quality videos, but they were very honest and very, I would say, like cute young moms just talking about socks. It was fun. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so you're 100 right so we you we advise clients to bring in user generated content so ugc yeah. and that yeah. works really well at the bottom of the funnel when you're remarketing people to just get them from just mm-hmm. over the line to becoming a customer and again that doesn't have to be super glossy it can be really authentic it doesn't have to be super high quality and often for stuff like that user generated content not necessarily for imagery, but definitely for videos, the more authentic it is, typically the better it sells. We found it, as long as it aligns with the brand. If you've got a really professional brand that is all about trust, and maybe they're in pharmaceuticals or in medical products that we've yeah. worked with, where you need to develop a lot of trust because it's you know it's not a impulse purchase like Parasox, mm-hmm. for example, then you want glossier, more professional creatives. But UGC for probably nine out of 10 e-commerce companies is something you really want to gather and you want to do it soon after post-purchase. So again, I imagine you guys do a lot of this is post-purchase email flows where you're gathering reviews, number one, because testimonials are super effective in bottom of funnel ads. We have an RTM method, reminders, testimonials, and messenger that we use and testimonials are always really, really good, but then also gathering um assets from your customers definitely yeah. something you want to do as well yeah yeah 100 um there are brands who build on this only ugc yeah. and it's very powerful mm-hmm. um what do you think about car- carousels 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 oh carousels. Uh, yeah that's um, that. <laughs> sorry uh yeah carousel ads so they're really good Well, we typically use them in two scenarios. So one is in the middle of the funnel. So going to cold audiences or warm audiences, when you have multiple products or product categories, you can put Mm -hmm. up a carousel for each product type or product category, and then you can get the audience to self-select. And that works really, really well. The other way we use them is in reminder-based ads, bottom of the funnel, Hmm. for you know on a short audience website duration so we're talking three to ten days you typically need about you need at least 500 people a day pixeled on in a website custom audience to be able to run this ad type use the reach objective and then you put a reminder carousel that is really short in copy something that's like hey um we noticed you looking at these uh and then you have a carousel of your different product categories And again, they self-select on the ones that they've been looking at. So Mm -hmm. those are the main two ways we use carousels. Um, And they can be be just as effective. But I think one of the main things with Facebook advertising is there's no one ad format that is going to deliver the best results. It's always a mixture. And then it's always different uh, as you're reaching different segments of your audience. So because of ad fatigue, a carousel might work really well for like a week. And then you want to rotate in a single image. 
or you want to rotate in a video ad. Um, and it's this continual process of testing and optimizing mm-hmm. um, that we do, obviously, as an agency to continue to deliver results and get results, not after, you know, week after week, but month after month and year after year for clients. Okay. Um, and my next question would be, so is there a thing like an evergreen ad you uh, mentioned at fatigue and mm-hmm. um, is there an ad which works for two years? I, I checked the page of Sam Owens mm-hmm. and he has a few ads yeah. which seem to be evergreen, like, and, um, yeah. Yes. It's so, so it's becoming less common if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> there was a time where with some clients we'd run, you know, like three ads consistently in different ad sets, um, optimizing for purchases and they could run for three to six months. And you just rotate them around. There wouldn't ever just be one that consistently converts for like six to 12 months. I wish there was because it would be a much easier platform uh, to work on. So it's becoming a much less common, which is why ad testing is so important fundamentally um, yeah. to seeing results because people either do one of two things like mistakes we see people make is they either don't do any testing So they can add fatigue issues. It doesn't work for them. And then they give up, Uh, you know, to kind of highlight this. We had a client, uh, we've got a client at the moment who completely brand new e-com and they're going to market for the first time with a product that's unlike anything on the market at the moment. Um, And there were some clearly defined buyer personas, but we've been doing three months of testing to figure out which four of 25 audiences her product and current messaging and creative resonates the most with before we then kind of focus in on those and scale up and so it's this idea of if you we'd just given up after the first four ads and four audiences we would have come to the false conclusion that it didn't work but we've actually found four amazingly responsive audiences that are delivering the majority of their purchases And now we're going to double down on them from an ad spend perspective. So it's really important to test. And that's one side of it. People either don't test or they're too impatient with their testing. So that means they never, they spend 10 pounds or 20 pounds or even a hundred pounds. It doesn't generate a good CPA or a profitable ROAS. And then they just stop it. They, they kill things too early and they go, I spent 25 pounds. I generated, uh, no purchases, what should I do next? And it's like, keep spending because you've got to look at your conversion rate on your website. You've got to drive a statistically significant amount of traffic to your site. We're not just talking like 50 people. We're talking 500, thousands of people to your site in order to get any data picture on what your add to cart ratio is like, what your checkout ratio is like, what your final purchase ratio is like. And then where if you've got uh, any issues in your e-com funnel, how to plug those holes basically. So yeah, it's either they don't do any or they just do do it in too much of a short time frame. And then again, you end up, no matter what mistake you make, coming to the same conclusion that it doesn't work and you just need to be more patient or do the right testing. Yeah. Um, you said that the number, the second most important thing is creative and the first thing would be testing or something else? No, the, the first m- thing is your offer. Okay. So the offer of what you're directly positioning is the single most important thing that can make a difference to whether your Facebook ads work or they don't. And w- again, we've seen this with our e-commerce testing that we were testing, you know, like 20% off a, no, actually it was 10% off a product, off a certain product. um, And that was the first offer we tested. It didn't do that well. And we were like, okay, we've tested different audiences. We tested different ads, different copy, different creative, and it still didn't do that well. And so we thought, right, we've got to switch up the offer here because obviously the offer is not, we're getting some clicks, but they're not converting. And so we've got to incentivize people more. So instead of using the discount, we then went with a minimum order for free shipping. And that just changed absolutely everything. So Mm. it's the most used discount code this client's ever had. It's resonated so well. We're continuing month to month 
So it used to be just for like August. Now it's been so effective, we're moving it into September. And that's completely taken them from, you know, that's more than doubled their return on ad spend, basically, mm. just by changing the offer. Because the products are still the same. It's just what you're positioning and where your your customers see the value. And for them, because they had low average order value, free shipping was adding like three or four pounds to their order when they were only spending, you know, under 15 pounds. And that's a big deal. And so when we said free shipping over a set amount, it suddenly doesn't become an issue. And the conversion rate shot up on their website, the CPAs uh, decreased and the return on ad spend increase, uh, increased. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. all from just changing the offer. That's the most important thing. You want to test your offers. Yeah. And again, not enough people do that. Yeah. What are the most important things to test, by the way? Offer, image? Yeah, okay. um, so no. we we call it the, we love like an acronym. So we call it the TOCO method. So <laughs> it's five different ad variables. So it's, I'll have to try and remember these now. So it's um, targeting, yeah. uh, objective, offer wait targeting objective offer creative copy uh I, that's all of them but i haven't done them in the right order it, it it's not in a set order but basically it's yeah it's your targeting it's your offer it's your campaign objective it's your creative so that's your images or videos and it's your ad copy yeah. okay and those that's are fine. the five things you can really yeah. test okay it makes sense uh and you can create a lot of variations like um, so yeah, yeah. That's you like, I'm just calculating now. Like five by five is if I multiply those, that's that's twenty five. But I don't know. I'm not good at maths. It, honestly, you can create because the again, it all depends on budget. How much testing you do. Uh, right. If you've got bigger budgets, you do more testing in a shorter time frame, and you can test multiple offers at the same time. But really. It's there's almost the options or possibilities are endless when it comes to variations because you can have creative variations, copy variations. Yeah. Obviously, the objective is the objective is probably the one that we don't test as much because Facebook's gotten so smart now at um, knowing what people are going to take. So you yeah. want to ideally start unless you're a brand, brand, brand new business with no existing pixel history. You yeah. want to just be optimizing for conversions. If you're a brand new business and you don't, and you're just fresh website, new pixel, you sometimes want to start with a traffic objective and then see what, and then as you build up add to carts, you then optimize for add to cart. And as you build up add to carts, eventually you're going to then turn off traffic, turn off add to carts, and then optimize for purchases. Because 99% of e commerce clients we work with were optimizing for purchases across their funnel, apart mm -hmm. from that reach campaign for the reminder ads because uh, mm -hmm. it's a super small targeted audience and you don't want Facebook to optimize and shrink that audience size anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, my last question would be, so I can hear it many times, especially newbies to this world that they, 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 uh, they are afraid to spend money with Facebook ads, especially businesses with small budget. And um, what do you think when they should turn, turn it off and when they should keep it? Um, yeah, because, you know, if you just leave it to your feelings, that's a problem, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to, that's one of the things marketers and particularly business owners, they can be very much like I am with my own business, often very emotionally invested in yeah. the decisions we make because you work so hard for it. Um, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's almost like your baby, basically. Um, exactly. it's, like your work, it's like your work baby. You don't want to just relinquish yeah. any control and uh, you often can be quite emotional with it. So, when it comes, which is why having a third party agency that is objective, um, it often gives business owners and marketers a completely different perspective, which is why uh, a lot of clients use us because we can come in objectively, yeah. not have any emotional with their emotion to their business and just go, this is what we do if we mm -hmm. were you and you're in uh, your shoes. But in terms of when to turn off, when to keep running, the biggest thing is, if it's generating positive return on ad spend that meets a minimum acceptable return on ad spend threshold that a client has, whether that's a three X, whether that's one, when you're aggressively scaling more, it's probably going to be lower, you know, anywhere between like 1.5 and uh, 2.5. Um, 
you keep you don't touch things and you keep it running. You have things ready to go when there's issues, but you typically don't touch a campaign that's if you've got a campaign generating you a 10x return on ad spend, don't feel the need to go and rotate in new creatives yet until the campaign performance is decreasing. When it does, then that's the time you make those um, variable changes. Mm-hmm. When to turn off is the other thing. It's it's knowing, it's, it's having a minimum acceptable return on ad spend, which is obviously linked to a target CPA. So if you know to be profitable, you need a $20 CPA, or let's take a client's example, they need a $25 CPA. That's the absolute max they can go to on first purchase return on ad spend. We're not talking lifetime values or um, repeat purchase rate, uh, repeat purchase rates or anything like that. So when to turn it off, it's if you're, so it's, it's the interesting is we never really turn off campaigns. We rotate in and test different variables within them either different ad sets for targeting or different ads or creative. We're only really turning off campaigns completely if we're going from like a non-CBO campaign, so ad set budget optimization, and like we're doing with one client at the moment, we've done that in early testing because CBO is not great for low budget early audience testing. Um, and now we found audiences and ad creatives that work really well. We're then turning that campaign off and introducing and starting a new one with CBO enabled. So it's normally only for like account structural issues where we're turning stuff off um, because otherwise we're figuring out what works basically. So we're just testing those variables continuously until we reach CPA targets or below CPA targets. Yeah. And okay, so this is the scenario if the ad works well and they can see the ROI and what happens if they turn it on and they spend the money and no purchases even no add to cart and uh, how much they should spend minimum to see so, so we typically say normally twice your target cpa um sometimes up to four times your target cpa depending on how low that is basically Um, Mm -hmm. because the lower it is then obviously you can spend less in order to see if you hit it um that's the main thing the other the other side sorry it doesn't seem to be a huge amount by the way for me so let's say i my target cpa is 20 Mm dollars then i should spend at least 40 60 dollars right yeah, at least in it, it depends on what time frame you're talking as well. Because if you've got a small daily budget, it's going to take you much longer to see those results. Whereas if you're spending a hundred dollars a day uh, on one campaign, let's say with one particular ad set, you'll know within um, let's say your target CPA is twenty dollars, you'll know within a day or two. I would probably say that's an absolute minimum if you're super tight on budget. That is. That is like a, that's normally like a worst case scenario. What we would typically say, again, it depends if you're in CBO or not, because CBO takes normally about seven days to stabilize. um, So it's going to take longer than if you're in ad set, regular ad set budget optimization. Um, The main, the main thing is if you're getting no traction, it's less so, it's less of like a ad uh, normally a copy or kind of ad creative issue. It can be more of a structural issue. Either you're using the wrong objective, if you're using purchases too early, for example, mm-hmm. or if yeah. you're sending people to your website and they're not converting, but their time on page is still really good, but you just don't have good ad to carts. You've got to look what's happening on the back end because that's the other side of this because conversion rates really, really important. Um, in order to see better results. So you've got to weigh up the structural side of things. And then ultimately, if if you make changes and it still doesn't work, you then got to look at your offer and ultimately your product. Because no, no matter how good your marketing is, it will never save a rubbish product. If your product is bad and you don't get good feedback and customers don't like it, 
you can just waste loads of money marketing. It's like flogging a dead horse. It's just not going to work. <laughs> so that's why you've got to put a lot of effort into creating a really good product, which is why now in 2020, drop shipping has become such a hard thing to get right because everyone's selling the same products. And now if you look in the market, everyone's going from selling the same products to how to brand your own product because brand building is now so important because everyone's trying to sell the same thing. So you've got to differentiate not just on product, but on customer service and the whole experience that a customer has. Yeah. So <clears throat> what we find, the main trend is the clients who we're able to deliver the best results for have a product that is really hard to copy because they've got a lot of time, money, R&D, resources in it, and it's not just completely new to market, or, and or, they've got, they've built or are building a really strong brand. And that's the thing, because brand is impossible to copy as well. I look at yeah, Coca-Cola, good luck trying to start a rival to Coca-Cola in 2020 at that same mm -hmm. scale, or Apple, or any big, big brand that's household name the brand equity is so valuable and it's so hard to copy a great brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's emotional connection and you cannot, cannot just copy paste it. And okay. yeah, and I, yeah, every time when I talk with a brand, um, I, I'm, I really like those stories, you know, like many of them, they have a personal story. Mm -hmm. Just today I talked with a brand, they are from Australia and, uh, they are, uh, there are four co-founders and they love hiking. They have a brand for seven years, still young folks, and they just solved their own problem uh, yeah. during hiking with their product. And they started selling it, and it's a huge brand now. Um, awesome. So it's very different than that. Their motivation was very different than many dropshippers. And, and you know, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, Charlie, so you gave us a lot of uh, great uh, insights uh, yeah. regarding. Um, Facebook ads, what would be the one more uh, piece of advice that you would give to e-commerce uh, people right before Q4? Okay, um, right before Q4 as well. So get your creatives ready for Q4. Hopefully by now you already would have been like warming up audiences. Start If you're going to be scaling, start scaling now. This is what we're doing with e-com clients where Q4 is going to be their busiest time of year. Start scaling now because as soon as you start scaling in October, November, CPMs are going to start increasing. So you already want to be embedded in the algorithm at a higher daily budget. And then so the incremental increase in spend is nowhere near as large as it as if as if it was if you were going from 5k to 50k for example that's a huge jump your cpa is going to jump massively but if you go from like 5 to 10 to 15 to 20 to 30 to 40 in the next six weeks you're going to be in a much better position spending 50k a month october november december and higher so start scaling early get your creatives ready and the biggest thing is in general e-commerce terms not just for q4 I would say is work on your average order values. You want to increase your average order value as much as you can, because that's going to allow you to front load your acquisition from a CPA perspective. And that will allow you to outcompete and outbid um, your competitors who can't pay as much for a, for a customer. And yeah. that works really well. If you've got good repeat purchase rate, mainly through great email marketing, because that is where majority of your post purchase um, purchases are going to come from really good email funnels. And then also a big one is to um, make sure that you, it's, it's, a, it's a bit tricky to explain. So it's, it's making sure that you have the supply chain in place and the stock ready mm -hmm. for Q4 because particularly with coronavirus and everything that's happened recently, we've had a lot of e-com clients that have either struggled to get stock from manufacturing abroad. So overseas, whether that's in China yeah. or Latin America, wherever it might be. Um, and so they've often had out of stock issues. And obviously as soon as you have out of stock issues, again, you're going to have to scale your budgets back down because you're not going to get a conversion rate because you haven't physically got the product to sell people. So you've got to make sure you've got enough stock. 
work on your image uh, creative, get them ready to go and start scaling now. Ideally, you would have started scaling in August, if I'm honest. Um, that's how far out you want to be ready. If you're really going big and you're going to spend six figures a month plus in the last three months of the year, um, start building up to that uh, these August, September. We well, missed August already, so start building up in September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only agree with you, especially AOV, LTV, customer oh, retention. Yeah, a hundred, yeah, like we didn't actually good well mentioned there. I didn't even think about, um, didn't even mention LTV is if you can for new customer acquisition, don't really worry about that first average, uh, first purchase and the ROI. Yeah. If you know they're then going to buy two weeks later, 30 days later, and over a, over a year, their LTV isn't just $30 they spend on the first purchase, it's 300 or it's 125. Yeah. And if you've got enough working capital in the business, you can just acquire so many customers, outcompete everyone. And then, yeah. in, you know, 30, 60, 90, six months, um, you know, a year's time, you're going to have a huge customer base, which is going to be driving consistent revenue through retention marketing like you guys do. Yeah, exactly. I think Jay, Abra Jay Abraham or Dan Kennedy, some some big guy said that, uh, okay, it, it won't be a very precise uh, rephrase, but uh, he said something like, if you can outspend your competitors on ads, then you win. And, yeah. and if you have higher uh, LTV, AOV, those will help you a lot. Yeah. So. Definitely, yeah. definitely. That's the most important um, free commerce. Yeah. Charlie, if anyone wants to find you, where they can find you? Okay. Um, so agency website, geckosquared.co.uk. That's all things related to Facebook advertising services. Um, there are also links on that site to the blog. So charlielawrence.com. Uh, Instagram, yep. just at Charlie Lawrence. And then uh, I've got a, a YouTube I'm doing so much more content on YouTube right now and there's oh, loads yeah. and loads of new content coming. So I was speaking at social media marketing world before coronavirus kicked off and we, I took a videographer out there. We recorded like a week's worth of content that's now all on my YouTube channel, including my presentation on Facebook ad funnels. Um, so yeah, YouTube, just search Charlie Lawrence. Um, and Lawrence is spelt weirdly. It's two A's. So it's L A W R A N C E. I always have to say that to everyone I meet because, um, if not, you'll get it. You'll spell it wrong and then you won't find me. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I will or we will. Uh, we, my team will put these links uh, into the description of the podcast. Uh, Charlie, thank you for uh, coming today. And uh, you shared a lot of great tips uh, with us and uh, to the audience. Thanks for uh, listening to this episode of the Ecom Show and see you every day. Uh, every Thursday, we are releasing a new episode and we are coming with more and more uh, social media live streams as well. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal, grow your e-commerce business together.